What does it mean to live with less stuff and more compassion? That's the question we aim to answer every Monday on the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. Hi, we're Marsha and Michael O'Fay, and in this episode, we're talking about money. More specifically, minimalist money. What is minimalist money, you ask? Well, having lived with debt most of our adult lives, we wanted to share with you some tips and changes that you can make right now to help you reach the financial goals that you want. Once our needs and wants become simpler, we don't need much money to sustain ourselves. This is the power of minimalism. Michael has also put together an amazing course called Minimalist Money. If this piques your interest, you can check this out at minimalistcourses.com. I hope you get some value out of this one. There are some great personal insights in this episode, so I hope you enjoy it. Let's get into it. Alrighty. Well, I'm actually kind of, I didn't think that I would be, but I'm quite excited about this one. I think because we've been talking about it a lot yeah. over the last few weeks and well, with your course coming up and stuff, true. That it's, it's become uh, a hot topic in the household. Yeah. And it's something that we have lived through, basically through the course of our whole relationship, money. Yeah. So, I think it's something that's... And something that's been front of mind for the last maybe eight to ten months quite a lot. Yes. Like focusing on it, but in a positive way. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So today, guys, we're going to be talking about minimalist money and more specifically, what is minimalist money? Yeah. Um, and that's something that is really important in everyone's lives, money, obviously, um, and making sure that we can control it rather than it controlling us. Yeah. More, I guess, in terms of debt. Yes. And how that plays a role in what you do or what you don't do. Yeah. So, we wanted to, I guess, start this conversation off by going into or sharing some of our history and story around money and our love-hate relationship <laughs> with it over the, the last decade or a bit longer than a decade. Yeah. Um, But... Yeah, you. So Mike and I have been together for what eleven years? Yeah, a bit over eleven years. Uh, yeah, a bit over eleven years. Yeah. Yep. And ever since we started dating, he's always been in debt. <laughs> yep. Um. So yeah, I guess you can you can tell everyone what you brought into <laughs> yeah, our relationship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and look to give you some context. I think um, you, you know, the way I was brought up, I actually came up in a household where. My parents were pretty good with money. Hmm. Like, I think they had a good understanding of money and saving and, you know, staying on top of that. Uh, furthermore, like, at 14 years old, I was actually nerding out. Like, when everybody wanted to be doctors and lawyers in high school, I wanted to figure out a way to basically get to financial freedom by the time I was 30. I was one of those people, like even at that age. So what do you mean by financial freedom? Like I, I, I basically didn't want to have to Work. be employed. Yeah, if, <laughs> if I didn't want to be. <laughs> well, hey, what, what teenager doesn't? 
Um, but but I was actually look, the I was, nerdy type. Yeah. Doesn't. Look, I was motivated by that though. Like I actually went and bought books on like rich dad, poor dad, and how to be a billionaire. And I was really. And you try to make me read those books too, and I was like, I'm totally not interested. Yeah, you gave me rich dad, poor dad, and you were like, this is a really good book for you to read. I mean, I'm not saying that it's <laughs> it's rubbish. It's yeah. just like complete, not com- not where we are. Well, yeah, in, and it wasn't a journey. great interest to you, and I, you know, and I'm also curious about like you know how you your relationship with money was maybe with your family and your parents before we met, because I'd be re- interested to hear that perspective. But yeah, I, I I don't know. I was really I was really focused on this at a young age. I loved the idea. I always wanted to get into business, um, and that was my focus. I then went on to so your study. your focus was to make money, not necessarily enjoy what you're doing to be able to make no, money. No, it was just about making money. Yeah, yeah, where it was like the complete opposite in, in my household and, well, in my ah, world. Right. Yeah. Well, so, what was it like in your household? Well, I mean, money was always a hot topic in terms of making more money. Um, and, but in... In my family, I think a lot of us wanted to make money doing what we were passionate about. Yeah. And I guess that's what we were also not necessarily like encouraged to do, but we were um, like it was never a thing of, well, you can't do what you love because it's not going to make you money. Yeah. It was like, okay, do what you love, but just make sure that you can survive and that you can pay your bills and not be stressed pretty much. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was the, yeah, well, that was the upbringing that I had. Which is really cool. And I think that's, you know, probably similar to how we think now, you know, mm. in my household, it wasn't so much about making lots of money. It was about security. Yeah. It was about, which in, in turn, about, it is, it is about making lots of money because where is the cap of, yeah, but that that's yeah. the interesting thing, though. But I think, you know, how, when you're living in scarcity, it's, you know, where do you draw the line in, in that security? Yeah, um, like but is it's, 50000 enough or does it need to be a million dollars? Yeah. For me, I wanted it to be a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, but... But yeah, you're right. There was no like, oh, do what I love. It was just like, no, I just, I just want to have a million dollars. And... Um, ironically that's well not ironically that led me to go and study accounting um and then to also work in the industry for a while um but that didn't stop me from getting into debt as soon as i could get myself into debt right? as soon as the bank would give you money yeah as soon as the bank could give me money i uh took their money so was that when you were 18? Well, well, it was actually when I was 19. 19. Um, although, you know, I was, I got like a, I went on a phone plan. Like, I think the day after I turned 18, the day after I went and got a phone plan um, and got like a new phone. And then... Of course you did. Yeah. It sounds so typical, Michael. <laughs> and then um, a year later, um, you know, after I got my first car... Um, I was influenced by, um, some friends of mine to get into motorbikes and I had a, a bit of a motorbike phase, which led me to go buy, go get my license, um, and <laughs> buy a brand new, not a second hand, a brand new motorcycle at 19 years old, um, for like $13,000, um, on credit, uh, because I thought I could pay it off really, really quickly. So, 
that was my first big debt decision after getting a phone plan. So, hang on, were you studying as well? Um, I was studying a little bit, but I was actually working full time. I was taking a break from study. Okay. Um, but then get this. I was so into motorbikes at the time that my bike that I got on my learner license, once I got past <laughs> not good the enough. learner license <laughs> and got my full license and I could get a faster bike, I traded that one in and I got another brand new motorcycle. I think we were, were we together at this point already? Yes. And I remember, I'm pretty sure I remember just not being impressed. Like I was thinking, what is this guy doing? Yeah. But it was quite new in our relationship, so I didn't probably want to voice my opinion too much <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and be like, um, now I'd be like, hell no, yeah. that's not happening. Little did you know <laughs> how that would contribute to your life. But um, yeah, so then I went and traded that one in and got a brand new motorcycle after that. So what possessed you to do that? Um, <laughs> you know, it's I don't know. Influence. I think it was influence. It was definitely pride. an internal desire. I don't think that was a pride thing. That was like, a, I generally was really passionate about, you know me, that's the problem. Um, mm. I'm really passionate and that um, that can be but amazing. you're also impulsive. I'm impulsive too. Yeah. Uh, really impulsive. And that can lead to incredible, amazing experiences or it can absolutely wreck me. So, it, it's very volatile. And uh, yeah, but I got this brand new motorcycle and I was really happy with it, um, mind you. But eventually... Of course, you better be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but then, you know, so but those are my two first debt decisions, which then, you know, started that whole journey. Then we moved out together. Yeah. Um, you, what was it? Two, three years later? Yeah, about two, three years later. Uh, at the time, I sold the motorbike, got a car. Um, and then... I talked some sense into you probably. <laughs> Yeah, I think I just wanted to clear a bit well, of that. Well, I think time. you were also mindful that being a motorbike rider was not a safe. No, I wasn't mindful of that. That's really? what was going on in your head. In my head, I still wanted to ride a motorbike. Yeah. But it was just like, it was impractical. It got to a point where it was just like, um, yeah, it's really cool to have this sports bike. But depending on it as a mode of transport, based on how much it costs to have that in a car, wasn't super practical. I thought it came from a safety nah, thing I after. Didn't. Oh, nope. oh, there you nope. go. Sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <how>. <laughs> it's long gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was more of a practical decision. Uh, but then we, we moved out and uh, this wasn't We needed stuff. <laughs> well, no, even before that, this wasn't necessarily like a debt decision. Like it wasn't something that directly contributed to debt. Hang on. Before we moved out, though, you bought furniture already. Oh yeah, At your mum's house. Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, and look, guys, as as we go through this stuff, um, you know, there's a there's a lesson in the course where, um, you know, I, I basically will be teaching students how to go through all of their debt decisions and do this reflection exercise. So you're doing a course called Minimalist Money. Money. Yeah, Minimalist Money. Um, and you know, I'm talking about sort of our debt struggles, but this all sort of um got cleared up later on in our lives more recently after we finally figured out this whole money situation. But um, I think it's really important for anybody, if you're listening to this and you are in debt, and I know a lot of you would be, um, you know, I think it's important to sort of go back to see, go back memory lane to see, you know, what was your motivation for making these decisions? Yeah. Um, because it's, you know, it's really confronting. It's really confronting to talk about it um, and sort of think about where you are at 
at that point in your life as well and what impact that decision had on the rest of your life yeah um but but i just wanted to make a point before yeah yeah, no no you you're absolutely right we i got a television and a bed frame and and a tour boy and a mattress and a mattress um all on interest free so that was my first experience with like interest free credit card Interest-free. Yes. <laughs> I say winking. Wink, wink. Um, again, um, because, and I think a lot of us do this, but when we get into debt, we have this confidence that we're going to pay it off. But this is how they do This is how they suck you in. You know, they say, oh, you don't have to pay a dime for 24 months. Now yeah. it's like up to five years or something with no interest because they just well, want you yeah. coming through the door. They Absolutely. just want you to buy their product no matter what. And they yes. sort of, they uh, they prey on that, you know, well, it's a no-brainer. You know, they try yeah. and give you as much of a no-brainer decision as possible of for course. you to it's actually... it's got to be attractive. Yeah. Why not, you know, like stuff delayed gratification, get it right now, yeah. <laughs> you know, and... Um, Buy and now, then, pay later. I know, but then the story we tell ourselves is that, oh, I've, I earned a pretty good salary. I'm going to pay this off really yeah. quickly. Now, some of us are really good at this. Some of us are just like, they have a plan in place and they know exactly when they're going to pay it off and they're really yeah. disciplined to do that. Yeah. But for a lot of us, and this is why they continue to do it, we, we don't end up paying it within that interest rate period. Well, you just you think, ah, oh, I'll deal with it later and that months go by, a year goes by or you just, you, you forget about it because yep. it's maybe they have the minimum. I think you need to pay a minimum each yes. month, but that's not going to, that minimum ain't going to pay it off by the time that that interest-free period runs out. So unless you're actually proactive and oh put no no a no no it does it does so so the minimum payment um like you set a payment schedule that's designed to pay it off within the interest free period so how but do they, they give you a credit card so it's linked to a credit card which um then you can just use for other payments so right. um so a lot of smart people will get something on interest free but they'll never order the credit card that comes with it. Uh-huh. Right, but as soon as you activate that credit card, then you have like this hired gun in your wallet or your purse ready to add more to it. So that's what happened, right? So we got some of these things on interest free, and then later on when we moved out, um, because we weren't willing to be frugal with our furniture, we went and bought more things on credit with that card. Yeah. Right. So that's how they get. That you was in. an IKEA shopping spree. Yes, that was. <laughs> <laughs> so, like literally, I was like, "Oh, we need this. Oh, we need this." And then, like at the checkout, I remember the docket being so ginormous, I had to fold it over maybe yeah. five, six times. Yeah. So, um, okay. So I've told told shared my guilty pleasure with motorcycle phase and impulse. Um, do you want to talk a little bit more about some of your guilty pleasures, particularly with like setting up a, a nest or a home that you're really proud of? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess back then it was, you know, it was really exciting though because it was like first time we both lived out of home and I had the opportunity to make a place my own. Yes. And you gave me that creative freedom to be able to do that and you were happy with whatever I decided which yep. was awesome and you still do um so I mean we we didn't go too crazy I mean we still bought the cheaper alternatives like 
our couch was probably one of the cheapest couches, but still we wanted something that was going to last a while. Yeah. And it lasted us six years until we eventually sold it. Yeah. And now planning to move overseas. So it's, you know, everything that we actually had and bought, we carried through moving about five, six times in that period. Um, yeah, Ikea, so Ikea furniture is surprisingly more durable than I expected. It depends on what you get. But yeah. I think we, we purchased smart. I mean, there obviously were a few things that I was like, this is just to make the space look pretty. It wasn't a functional thing. Yeah. Um, I remember this particular stand that we had next to the couch. Like, it had no purpose. It was just to put some nice pot plants in it, but it was excruciatingly expensive for what it was but I was like I just needed to have it (laughs) at the time and all of these little things you know like you get the the cushions the nice color coordinated cushions and then the covers for the um the dining chairs to go with it that match those cushions now when I look back at it I was like oh my god so um (laughs) but you make obviously decisions but we weren't ridiculous with it as well so we were kind of in between like super frugal and like going completely crazy yeah with decking out our our place we just wanted it to look nice and you know we're really excited it was first time living outside of home and together and you know uh, but we also ended up getting a pretty expensive rent as well yeah our first Um, place which was pretty excessive so um, it's really interesting. Like it's, you know, we, we talk about minimalism now and how different we are now. But um, like going back and looking at those experiences, I'm really glad we went through that. Hmm. Um, well, that was probably, was that our biggest, maybe it wasn't our biggest, our first place. Was that next to one of the biggest spaces that we lived in? Yeah, I'd say in so. In terms of I'd say so. Living space. Yeah, it was really nice. It was a nice apartment, but yeah, it was way too expensive. So, I mean, from there, what happened? So, we bought furniture um, and then what? Did we make any other debt decisions after that? Um, I don't think so for a couple of years. I mean, I was I was buying camera gear and photography stuff, but that was all with money that I actually yeah. made with yep. my business. Yeah. So, that wasn't anything yes but i think the next one was when we we went to europe yeah but um look so what 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 eventually happened is um you know my you know unfortunately my dad passed away uh with that i was able to obtain an inheritance um so that gave me a bit of a or gave us a bit of a lifeline to clear up some of his debt that just wasn't moving so that was what about 20k at the time yeah I think so. So with the, the motorbike and all of our well, everything that just accumulated yeah, over and the years, interest obviously yeah, and interest adds up. That so we, I don't yeah. think we even really managed to pay it off because we got ourselves in, you know, into the situation of expensive rent and uh, just living the lifestyle that we did. Yes. and we didn't go like nothing was excessive. This is the thing. Yeah, but still, like just making sure paycheck to paycheck, we didn't actually add any more money to yes. our debt so yes. it just sat there and accumulated just because of the interest yeah even we were paying the minimums and and but you know what I, you know even before we got the inheritance i mean you know what do you remember how um like the burden of debt felt for oh, you and i hated I? it yeah every time i thought about it 
it made me feel sick. It was kind of like that monster in the closet that you don't want to deal with. Like, you know that it's there, but you don't want to know that it's there. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like, um, like uh, you know, when I was on like a, a sales retainer for, for real estate uh, and I think you're working part-time by you and your photography business. We didn't have a huge amount of income coming in, mm. uh, but we had all this debt uh, and we we're living paycheck to paycheck. We just actually had no clue at that point how on earth we were going to be able to pay yeah. that off. Oh, well, I think we we're relying on um, making more money you know, whether it was in careers to pay off debt. Yeah. So we we're trying to buy time. At that point in time, yeah. it was like, we're actually really stuck. We're just going to have to wait it out. Exactly. And see what happens. Correct. So we're waiting out. So we'll just pay in the minimum, paycheck to paycheck. Um, and I remember sometimes we we're late on payments and I'd get like a call mm. from a private number uh, and I knew it would be the bank uh, mm. and I wouldn't pick it up. Mm. Um, although I don't pick up private numbers now for anything. Um, but uh, I just remember like, you know, it was something that was so deeply suppressed mm. uh, for me. Like I had to like literally detach myself from money. And because I was the, not connected at all. Because you worked full time at yes. that point. So all of the credit cards were under your name. Yep. So I actually had no, like we had a joint bank account at that point as well. Yep. And everything was transparent, but I didn't actually have access yeah. to the credit card debt. Like yes. I had no idea how much it was at and what the minimum repayments were. And like I wanted to know, but I also didn't want to know because I, every time you told me, I freaked out. Yeah. And I went into this anxious, stressed out mode like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And you were just like, you were completely chill about it because you knew that there wasn't anything that you could do. But we obviously respond completely differently yeah. to those types of situations. So I'm... Kind of glad they were under your name, but I found it quite frustrating not to have any control over seeing what yeah. was going on. Yeah. Well, so. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, um, you know, I don't really like to go into things that I don't have any control over. Hmm. Or that so you can't do anything about. I can't do anything about. Yeah. So I just kind of lock it up in a box and put it away. I put it aside from life. Um, but yeah, I just, I just remember like, you know, at that point, if you think about it, and if you think about minimalism now, so this is why uh, this course and this conversation is all around about a minimalist money. Um, because if you think about it, like, you know, when you have some things that are on your surfaces in your house that are just taking up space that they shouldn't, it's a real inconvenience. It's like, you know, you've got a garage where you can't well, park your clutter. you can't park your car in your garage because yeah, you've got things too. in there yeah. or you've got things on your dining table now you can't eat on your dining table it's really suffocating right but when you're hindered financially with um okay y- you might not have the flexibility to do anything financially but at the same time you're actually proactively losing money on interest mm. um i can't think of a more brutal form of clutter in your life mm. um, than debt. Because it's not just sitting there, it's actually getting worse. Correct. Correct. So I think, um, and, and, and I think when you look back at some of the decisions we all make to get into debt, uh, a lot of um, principles of consumerism that contribute to debt in the first place. Oh, yeah. So, you know, like you're getting in debt further because 
of our desire to want that IKEA furniture or want a motorbike or want to live in a nice apartment, right? Because mm. uh, we define success that way, mm. right? Which just further compounded the problem. Mm. So it's really interesting to look back at that journey to see just how much consumerism and our desire for consumerism played into getting us in that situation to create the worst form of clutter you can possibly have. Yeah. Um, but you know what's interesting now that you say that? So what you were alluding to before and then you went back is that we got inheritance from when your dad passed away yep. and that we managed to pay off most of the debt. Yeah. Um, and so that wiped the slate clean. Yes. But then we managed to get ourselves into debt again. Correct. But it wasn't through purchasing things. Correct. It was through either starting businesses or travel. So, it, and at that point, we already started our minimalist journey. Correct. So, it shifted from physical possessions to experiences and business. Yeah. It was like debt phase one was just like purely like, yeah, material consumerism. Yeah. Debt phase two had some more intentionality. Yeah. But still but led us still, to debt. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you're right. Like, we, we, we open up. You know, online store, which we've talked about multiple times in our podcast so far. But, you know, the online store required a lot of upfront capital. Well, not a huge amount. We didn't set up a storefront, but at least enough money to buy inventory uh, to sell some products. Um, So, you know, the whole idea of that is that we had a business credit card um, Mm. that we could have flexibility around that. Um, But that turned into something else eventually. Uh, And then we also accumulated some debt for flexibility when we traveled overseas. And then we got married. Yeah. And so we got, we went to Europe first. Six months later, we got married. And then the following year, we opened. Well, then, no, no, a few months after we got married, we opened up failings. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that all happened like within a space of a year. Went overseas for almost two months. Yeah. Then we got married honeymoon as well and then we opened up our online store yeah so that's a lot of money yeah for people and that wasn't all debt you know you know but but some of it started to build again at that point yeah um so but again with the whole idea of you know investing that's what we we saw particularly with the business as investing in the business to make more money and we wanted to create experiences and we'd always wanted to travel together and then the following year we went to America. Yeah. So that was another debt accumulating experience. Yes. This is then last year we yeah. decided to close our online store. Yeah. And then we were like, we're in a bit of shit because we realized we wanted to then move to Europe, but we had no idea how that was going to be possible. Yeah. Because we wanted to be self employed, but we also had a lot of debt to pay off. Yeah. So. That leads us to working out how to pay off debt within six months and what we had to do to get to that point. Yep. Paying it off to be able to quit our jobs and now be in the minimalist vegan full-time getting ready to move to Europe in three months' time or less than three months' time. Yeah. So, we've come a long way. Yeah. And we've done a lot to get to this point, but honestly, I wouldn't have changed anything. Yeah, like it's, yeah, I wouldn't try to think. And I think um, if I look back at some of these experiences, like, 
you know, we, yeah, okay, having debt was really stressful, but, you know, you know, having some of those experiences early on um, built up so much character. Yeah. And then, like, in phase one. Then in phase two of debt, um, you know, we were really intentional about money, um, but... I don't think we really still value debt-free living. We didn't. We didn't know how to handle money. Obviously. Yeah, I think. Um, you know, I think we had had an idea, but we weren't as closely connected with money as we should have been. So in this last experience, when we, you know, we paid everything, you know, paid off this debt um, for the second time round without an inheritance, I think it all started off with clarity about a goal. So moving overseas was really important to us without carrying any debt over there. And then and then we also um, found the idea of reducing our monthly expenses very attractive Yeah, uh, as to have flexibility well, in our Honestly, life. that was really like we had to be brutally honest. Like, okay, if we want to get this paid off as quickly as possible, what are we actually going to have to do to make that happen? Yeah. Because it wasn't just going to be like, you know, it could have taken us two years to pay it off, but yeah. it took us six months because yeah. we went like extreme in the other direction. Yeah. So we, Michael created these amazing um, spreadsheets for us, put all of our debt in there. Oh, by the way, and, and can I just say that like, it's not like we had no idea about money. Like we we tried multiple budgeting tools and things before yeah like i had the daily budgeting app that i introduced to you we tried a whiteboard we tried to write down all of our expenses on a whiteboard yeah, uh, in our stuff. office um we've tried monthly sp- uh budgets we've tried like we've tried a few different things over the years um to sort of figure out money but i think you also need a strong enough why absolutely um which is what we had, which we didn't have earlier. Yeah, but I don't think it was just moving overseas for us. I think it was also because we had learned from starting multiple businesses in the past, not just failings, but your photography business, my freelancing before that. I think um, we understood that we wanted flexibility. Yeah. So we understood that for money to not run our lives, we, we needed to keep our costs really, really low. We needed to develop a skill and habits of keeping our costs low so then there wasn't pressure to make a ton of money to have the lives that we wanted. Yeah. Right? So you have like lower expenses but still enough to enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. um, Without too much stress. Yes. So I think simplifying is really, really vital here. Yes. To be able to still you know, not be stressed every single day about, oh, how am I going to make this money? Yep. Um, and then, you know, that gives you more opportunity and perspective as to what you can possibly do. If you're not happy in your job, you know, if your expenses are half of what they used to be, then you can... You have flexibility. You have flexibility and you can yeah. try different things to see if there's something else that yeah. you can it's do. When, it's when... what I think what the realisation that we had is that, you know, putting yourself in debt puts you in a very high leverage situation. Mm. Like you have a high level of accountability. And, you know, when we talk about our debt in the big scheme of things is probably, depending on who you are, it's really insignificant. $20,000 is really insignificant or it's a lot. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, you know, I've got, I know people who have been a hundred thousand dollars in debt, or like mm. um, just debt from business. I'm talking mm. about. Obviously, a mortgage can be considered a debt or an asset, depending on how you look at that as well. But regardless, as soon as you lock yourself into that type of financial commitment, then you have an expectation of yourself to continue to generate an income at a certain level to, to fund that life, that to either get ahead of debt or just to keep it going. And then that's when you lose flexibility. So I think we had this realization that no, 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 no. We want all that flexibility. So this is a minimalist mm. mind now. Okay, cool. Mm. This priority is flexibility. Mm. So what do we need to do to get that flexibility? And then that's when it came down to the costs. Yeah. So I can quickly run through, if you like, some of the, like a few of the steps that we use to address this, this debt. Go for it. Cool. So I think um, before I go on, I did write like an epic article about this i'll, sh- I'll um, we'll link share. to it in the show yeah. notes yeah it's called a minimalist guide to debt-free living it's like four and a half thousand words and i basically outline he's so proud of it um yeah the 10 steps so <laughs> it's, it's all great. there it's, an it's all there article. um but i think the the first step um is obviously yeah having a really good goal so your why and your motivation is there but then it was also just getting all of your debt uh, debt onto one page so we could actually see it. So when you hear about our experience before and Marshall was asking me about, um, you know, what our balances were and I was unable to tell her because I was so disconnected. I didn't want to have anything to do with our debt because I didn't know how to address it. Um, that created a lot of friction, not only for us, but that really contributed to the damage relationship that we had with money. So as soon as we actually got visibility of all of our debt, like because I think you can look at debt individually does that make sense like one credit card or one loan thinking that you have clarity but it's not until you put it all there and you go whoa that's the whole picture that you start to really understand this is my total balance from my two credit cards my mortgage and yeah your student loan whatever it is that you have um so that was the first step um after that uh that's when we really went about um you know, developing, you know, what we call the minimum viable income. So um, this was really a really powerful way to look at, okay, what are your current expenses and income? What are you prepared to um, change of your current expenses and income? So what are your goals around that? Um, And then we even use that same framework to determine what our life would look like in Slovenia as well. Um, so this was a really clarifying process. It's basically just a monthly budget, um, but with a little bit more intentionality. And I should say that once we actually had that, uh, up on the spreadsheet, and I remember showing you this and I remember we were having a meeting and, and you're like, um, I'm like, so how quickly do you want to get to Slovenia? And you're like, I want to get there as quickly as possible. I'm like, okay, well, looking at these numbers, what are we willing to give up because I don't think we're going to be able to create more income so it all needs to happen on the expense side yeah and uh and it's it's interesting I think the first thing we all do in that situation is try to um like delete monthly subscriptions (laughs) so it helped a little bit so maybe you're subscribed to Spotify or Netflix or uh YouTube premium or something like that and you know you think you're getting a bit of momentum by actually cancelling your subscriptions but what we saw is that the two biggest opportunities was in our food and groceries, like food in general. Um, we spent a lot of money in food. 
uh, and then our rent associated with that too. So that gave us a bit of a path to say, okay, cool. How can we reduce those areas in our life? So how can we either cap the discretionary spending in groceries and food and or how do we address this rent situation? So we realized that if we could reduce our rent, either downsize or reduce it altogether, what we ended up doing is, is moving in with Marsha's parents, um, which, which, mind you, is something we never thought we would do, like ever. Um, and that's not pridefully. It's just that we generally like our own space and we work from home as well. So our space is really important to us. But... Our goal was so strong that we're like, hang on, we can get there so much more faster if and we, we slash. And we appreciate also them being okay with us yeah. moving in. And we, they could we're have fortunate. turned around and said, yeah. um, I don't think so. We're really fortunate enough to, to have that situation as well. Um, but, you know, that's what that exercise does. It forces you to make those decisions and hmm. to say, okay, well, what's really important to you? And how what quickly do you want to... What are you prepared to sacrifice to make yeah, it happen? Absolutely. And that was a big one. Like, without that, you know, I think we'd still be paying it off. Yeah. Because, and we'd probably still have to be working to pay it off. Yeah. And it would have probably delayed us about six months after that as well. So who knows? But yeah. we are where we are now. Um, but it's just interesting to see, you know, obviously what you're prepared to do when you're back against the wall or when you have a strong desire to make something happen. Yes. Um, and, and you kind of embrace it. Mm. And I think, you know what's... Um, and, and I wrote about this in the article. I'll talk about it at more length in the course as well. But I think this is when minimalism comes into play because, you know, when you're defining success by more, you know, accumulating more things and getting into more debt and, and, and buying more stuff, um, then you can put a lot of pressure on yourself um, and perhaps there could be a little bit of external motivation of how you're perceived to others. Mm. When you're really embracing minimalism. And I've said this before about why, you know, I started looking into veganism and I didn't really care what other people thought because minimalism kind of allowed me to just sort of pursue what I wanted to do and block out the rest. And I think um, there would have been a time where I would have been embarrassed yeah, um, to say, oh, I'm moving back in with my parents. At the age of 30. But, <laughs> but I, was, I was such a quiet... In some ways, I was quite proud. I was like, I'm really proud of us to make this decision. Uh, we really don't care. Like, I think we're really focused on what we want. Um, and it really doesn't matter what other people think. Yeah, so it's, um, yeah, it's it just, honestly, minimalism really, really helped that whole paradigm shift of, of really going after what we wanted with that as well. Mm. So, um, yeah, so after... And you need to, you need to put your pride aside oh, in yeah. situations like this and go, okay, how am I going to make this happen and make this happen faster for myself? Like have that goal in mind yep. and just, and just do it, you yeah. know? Gary Vee, one of um my favorite entrepreneurs at the moment is, uh he he's challenging you know, entrepreneurs who are wanting to get into business with all this high leverage and cost of starting a business, he's, he's, he's challenging them to like sell their houses and move in with their parents mm. or downsize mm. um, because, you know, you should not start a business with debt. Mm. Um, and, and everyone is, is, is really shocked by that type of advice. But it's, you know, it's, it, 
the other thing about debt is, is it's become such a normal thing of our society. Mm. It's like it's it's such an accepted thing. Well, most people are in debt. In uh, yeah, one way most or of another. us have it. Most most of us have debt, and it's just like it's just a way of life. Mm. And and I think um, you know once you realize the clutter and the burden that it creates, it's 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 definitely something worth doing extreme things for to get out of yeah um so you can have that flexibility and again because you know it's not forever yeah so that you can make like just start fresh start clean yeah but we're not saying like you know be ruthless about it and walk all over people to make it happen you know you still you still have to have a little bit of love and and care about how you go about it yeah um so you know us moving in with my parents, it's not like I said, well, you have no choice. It was it was always a question yes. of whether or not they were okay with that. Um, and, you know, we were prepared for it to possibly be a no. So it was yeah, it was always like, okay, well, this would be the best case scenario of how we can get there sooner. But if it wasn't going to happen, and I believe everything but, happens but for even a reason. Then, but so even then, like, because the when you look at, like, all the different scenarios, it's like, you, you know, moving in with your parents was, like, quite an extreme on the other side. Mm. That was, like, the frugal list. Yeah. But, you know, the other option could have been just to downsize our yeah. rent, right? Yeah. Uh, and even, you know, save a bit of money on our rent costs and then, therefore, our utilities and everything else that comes along with that as well. Yeah. Um, so, there are some other areas, but there's always a trade-off. It yeah. just might take longer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I don't think we were prepared to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, I mean, I guess when when we have a goal in mind, we're both a little bit impatient. We want it to happen we sooner rather than later. Yeah. But this has been like something that we've been talking about on and off forever. Yeah. So. Um, but the la- look, the last, the last little thing I wanted to share um, about the process was you know once once we have we had um you know clarity of our income and expenses we had clarity of all of our debts um then we just forecast each month um with our actual balances and this is all on the the article and the course as well um but you know i was like oh that makes sense finally we just worked out okay this is all the income that we've got coming up in the next month these are all the actual expenses we have coming up in the next month. How much can we actually contribute towards debt? Or you can change that to savings. Hmm. Um, this was just a really simple tweak in our workflow that changed everything. And um, when we started doing that and we got really nerdy with all these spreadsheets, um, I saw you were really engaged. When you start building momentum and you're seeing the number going down and when you make some smart decisions like transferring some funds into an interest-free on an interest-free credit card so that you're not getting slammed by interest every knowing no having the confidence knowing that you're going to pay it off because you have a plan exactly yeah so that for me was like okay we can we can do this we're getting somewhere and every month it was just dropping, dropping. One credit card was paid off and then the next credit card was paid off. And, you know, like it just gave you this confidence like I've got this. Uh, this is yeah. under control for once. Yes. Um, And that you're not being owned by by someone else. And I've always really struggled with interest. And this is why I've always probably struggled to want to buy a house because – how much you end up paying for a mortgage is 
is just ridiculous. Yeah, but it really then, surprised me how people make that decision well, yeah. consciously. I mean, because they don't want to be paying off somebody else's mortgage. And that right? was that was my mentality absolutely, as well. And absolutely. I was like, why would I pay someone else's mortgage when I can pay my own? But then when I saw how much interest you pay, I was like, no, nah, I'm fine with that. You're better off trying to save for a house and just buy it outright if you can. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're really disciplined and focus on that. But um, but you're right. But I think there was a different energy in, in our relationship uh, as we built this momentum. And you're like, Michael, like, can we come back and review the spreadsheets? Let's see where everything is at. Mm. Like you were really keen to get back into that detail um, well, even just the small things of like taking cash out, yeah, and paying for all of our groceries, yeah, with cash, yeah, and then and then you know for the whole month and then splitting it up weekly and going, okay, yeah. this is how much I have. I felt like I was back in high school, pocket money. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. you know that's all you've got. Yeah, and just be smart about it. Like maybe you can't get a caramel slice today yeah. <laughs> until next week. <laughs> you know that's all you've got left. Yeah. So yeah, it actually makes you probably make healthier purchasing Absolutely. decisions and not be excessive with what you buy. I mean, I have um, Apple Pay, and even you know, like even paying things on an FPOS card disconnects you from money. Hmm. But then when you put it in a technology device like a phone. It or just, a watch. Or a watch even. It just disconnects you like you would not believe. Mm. You're just tapping away at, with your phone. And I still get into that habit now from time to time. But when we went back to cash, um, it was such a liberating experience to make that tangible connection with money. Mm. It's like, um, well, this is how much I, I have left rather than yeah. not even thinking twice not having any idea of how much is actually on your card. Yeah. But just tapping it and it's paid for, it's been approved, I'm out. Exactly. But when you have the cash, you have to be like, okay, I have $20. Yeah. What meal am I going to get today? And how long does this 20 bucks have to last me? Yeah. And so even when you break and when you break notes, what I realized that it, it, this is really nuance, right? About the whole cash thing. But when I was like getting a coffee out, um, I'd always get a large coffee wine at Marsha. Always a large. But <laughs> when my notes were broken up in a way where I couldn't afford a large, like I didn't want to break a larger, like I didn't want to break a 20 or $50 note okay. when I had a $5 note or $4.50 in change. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So I'd always opt to get a small coffee. Well, there you go. It's just things like that yeah, that yeah. happen when you're managing cash. Um, it just it just grounds you with what you're spending. Mm. Um, so I think that was really critical for and us. And you probably saved even more money. Like if you did that over a year, imagine how many, you know, extra couple of dollars every day. Yeah. Would have saved you quite a bit of money by the end of the year. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah, it's powerful stuff. It's interesting. But yeah, it was it was really liberating Yeah. to um, get that control back. And now even just seeing, okay, moving forward... How are we dealing with money, and yeah. what are we doing with that? Well, well, and and I think, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's about, um, you know, our theme is maintaining flexibility. Yeah. So, um, you know, now we generate power from keeping our costs down. So the game used to be to um, increase your salary, increase your opportunities and your costs. Now it's about lowering your costs. To the ground as much as you can and then 
that that takes away the pressure for how much we need to make. Yeah. Um, but then also, you know, building up a sizable savings to have that financial flexibility as well. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, our approach to money is changed in a sense that we're all in on debt-free living. Um, you know, I, you know, I know that, you know, minimalism is a vehicle for debt-free living and they go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, and I think we're really, I think, committed to that philosophy and that way of life moving forward. Um, but I also think this whole experience has just given us incredible clarity of, um, you know, it's like you are what you spend. Yeah. Just how you say, like, you are what you eat. Mm. And sometimes we've said you are what you consume. So, you know, we've talked about this before, like, you know, when you want to live your values or you want to be vegan or whatever, start consuming content around that. You are what you consume. You are what you eat when it comes to your health. Um, And I think with money, it's like you are what you spend. Mm. And, you know, so it's shifted from, oh, let's be optimistic and focus on how much we can make. Mm. to uh, 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 what are we spending yeah um and it's actually not like a it's not like a boring sort of like restrictive process anymore it's like that's the that's the goal that's like the cool thing to go for is keeping down our costs Mm. yeah now i'm looking forward to the next few years of having this different mindset of how we will go about money and how life's going to be like for us in europe with this mentality in mind yeah so I think it's going to completely change, not just because we're debt free, but I think also of of how, what we prioritize and the feeling, I guess, of just like, yes, you can choose to get a credit card and live your life, but then knowing that you have the debt that's not living life to be able to then have to chase your tail mm. to be paying it off or not paying it off. And just building it and building it and building it. Yeah, that's that's not a way. That's to the live. worst form of clutter. Yeah, it's it's clutter, you know. And and I think as soon as we categorize it that way, it changes changes mm. the way you think about it altogether. Mm. And I think um, it's you know, it like I think. Do you remember when I used to say, oh, oh man, I used I just like. I used to admire people who just seemed to come out of the the womb, their mum's womb, frugal. Mm. Like, that just had a frugal mentality. Yeah. And um, it's not like these were, like, just people who were considered cheap, you know, to or use stingy. that taboo or stingy, those taboo words. It was just that they, they would always look for ways to save money. And it was just really, it just, it was very natural for them. Yeah. That wasn't a natural thing for us. No. Um, but, and I don't, and I, and I, and I do think frugality and minimalism are two different things at times as well. But but I do think that um, we have a little bit more of that in us now, mm. a lot more of that in us now. Yeah. Um, because we have hyper awareness of how this all works. Yeah. And how it relates to each other. The other hurdle for us is that we're self-employed, right? So yeah. that added like another layer of spreadsheets to what we're working out. And and for every anyone listening to this who's been in business knows that, um, you know that this adds another layer of complexity to financial management when you're talking about like company tax and paying yourself and the budget for your business and everything like that. But 
this exercise has really helped us to look at our business differently as well and apply minimalist money principles to that too. Mm. Um, because if you look at our journey, like some of the cause of our debt, whilst we had good intention, actually came from business too. Yeah. So it all just relates to each other. Mm. Um, and it's, life um, in general. Yeah, life in general. So it's um yeah, it's been a it's been a uh, it's been a topic that you know we've become really passionate about. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up? No. Look, I think that's it, guys. I think um yeah, I would encourage you to go check out the article. Um, I'd love your feedback. It works very hard to put that together. It's completely free. You know, if you want to take this further, um, you know, go to minimalistcourses.com and, and check out the the course description and what that's going to be about. Um, you know, I'm going to get really tangible and practical uh, and really coach you through uh, all these spreadsheets and templates that are built and how to use them and, and how to hold yourself accountable and develop a why about it um, to use minimalism to get out of debt but then also, um, you know, create a bit of a community around that um, to encourage you. So, you know, we can sort of, you know, egg you on from the from the sidelines to make sure that you achieve your goals of getting to debt free. But I think um, just, you know, if you are in debt and you are feeling a bit trapped by your debt, um, you know, I, I would really encourage you to, to prioritize uh, addressing it. Um, you know, don't put your head in the sand like what we did for so many years. What you did. <laughs> or what I did for so many years because you didn't know how to deal with it. Um, there's always a way. Um, even if you're not earning a lot of money, there's always a way. It just depends on what you're prepared to sacrifice, you know. Yeah. And there's, I'm sure there's always something that you can sell in your house as well. Yeah. Like there are people that literally sell everything valuable in their house just to be able to pay it off because interest... Interest is like my worst nightmare. It's the devil. And the <laughs> amount of money that you waste that you literally just give to banks or whoever you're in debt to. Yeah. It. I feel like it should be illegal, <laughs> but that's how they make money. It's a dark industry. And so you kind of, once you realize how, how far you're not getting by being in debt and how much your interest is you'll probably be prepared to start doing as many things, you know, even pick up a side gig or just do things to try and pay that off as quickly as possible. Yeah. So, and to know that it's not going to be forever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, absolutely. To know that, you know, and, and I think, you know, my goal with the course and, and, and with this conversation is to get you on a path of momentum. Mm. Like feel that momentum. Mm. Feel that like you're making progress. And this is not a lost cause. And then from there, it's just going to flow. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope this was of some benefit. I'm sure a lot of you can actually relate to our financial struggles over the last decade. (laughs) Um, And yeah, that you get something out of it. And please do check out Michael's course because I think it's going to be a great and valuable resource. But um, yeah, we'll... We'll talk to you again next week. And if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to to email us, reach out on social media or uh, leave a comment in the, uh, the show notes. Sounds good. All right. Till next week, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. What did you think? I'm sure that most people wouldn't have thought of using minimalism with their finances and how they choose to pay off debt. 
You can see we've been on a bit of a roller coaster with debt, but it has taught us so much along the way and we don't regret any of it. As always, you can get show notes over at our website. Just head on over to theminimalistvegan.com slash 015. That's theminimalistvegan.com slash 015. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Please tune in again next Monday for another episode of the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. Thanks again, guys. Bye.